This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you here for another great episode of Talking Football. We have people now being released in the NFL as we're, free agency is about two or three weeks away. Trees Sivia, who am I? Of course, we're talking football. This is what we love to do. Valentine's was this past weekend. A weekend full of love is what I hope you all felt expressed and delivered, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. But hey. We're going to jump right into the episode today, and let's start with Tree Sivia. All right. Austin, in the 1990s, who, what receiver led the league in receptions? In, in that 1990. Game? Yes. Jerry Rice. Okay. In the 2000s, who led the league in receptions? Terrell... Terrell Owens or Randy Moss? No on both. Okay. Um. Holy cow. Steve Smith. No. This is a receiver in the 2000s that just ate it up. Okay. I think Owens might have been a stupid decision. Stupid choice. Am I going to be a jackass for not knowing this off the top of my head? I don't think so. I don't think it's like one of the top very predictable, but like when you think about it, you're, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No way it's Chad Johnson. It is not Chad Johnson. It's not Owens. What like what became popular, like what team became popular in the 2000s like for their amazing offense? The New England Patriots. No. Pittsburgh Steelers. That was more of the 2010s, but think about like they their name is like everybody knows it now. Like they were the what? They had lost in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots one year. The Rams, Tory Holt. There you go. Wow. Ready to show on he turf? led the league in receiving in the 2000s? Yes. So before we move on to this last decade, in the, so Jerry Rice in the 1990s, how many receptions do you think he had that decade? Shit. How many, does he, how many did he average a year? Like what's a normal amount for a year here? I mean, Jerry Rice is on his own, so it's hard to say, but like – you know, just think about it. Like a lot of receivers and great receivers are, are in that hundred range, like on an average throughout a. I'm gonna uh, say twelve hundred. Uh, no, too high. A nine hundred and seventy-five. Mm, too high still. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, 
863. So close. 860 on the dot. Wow. Okay. So, Torrey Holt, how many do you think he had in the 2000 decade? Uh, I'm going to say 900. Lower. Okay. Uh, 750. Higher. 825. Higher. 835. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to cut it off at like four guesses now. <laughs> okay, <And> thank you. <laughs> yeah. 868. So eight more than Jerry Rice the previous wow. decade. <clears throat> okay, so the 2000s. Who do you think led the league in catches in the 2010s? Okay, so I'm trying to think at a point of who's been in the entire decade. Larry Fitzgerald comes Boom. to mind. Boom. You're right. Really? Yes. How many do you think you had? 875. Teeny bit too high. 873. 855. Damn it. What, what do you mean tiny bit high? That's 20, all 25. 20. You were 20 high. Yeah. 20 catches over 10 years is a, is a teeny bit. Hey, that's a win or a loss there, sir. I can tell yeah. you that much. So who do you think leads it? Who do you think we're – because we're going to be doing talking football in 10 years, no doubt about it. Who uh. do you think we're going to be talking about for the 2020 decade? Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think it'll be Odell Beckham Jr. No. I'm trying to think of a receiver that just is constantly Michael Thomas. Mind. It's honestly going to be a guy that's probably not even in the league yet. I mean, probably. realistically. But Michael Thomas is a good guess, right? Like because he's going to have Drew Brees. I mean, it kind of just depends on how often he. Or how much longer he has Drew Brees? Man, I'm trying to think of just receivers on every team right now that is just constantly like getting receptions. Javar Slandry's probably not going to be playing for a whole another decade. No. There's no one on the Chiefs that sticks out. Terry Kill is a breakout player. Travis Kelsey hasn't played the whole de- the whole decade. How many receptions did DJ Moore have this year? Uh, he had over 100. Yeah, I mean, that might be a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, are you ready for Who Am I? Yes, sir. Let's do it. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. That, you don't I mean, die first. Yeah, I'm just that excited. Okay. I was a second-round pick. I went to call uh, my college was Wake Forest and I am the only player in the last 2 years to have 100 tackles and 3 plus interceptions both years. Darius I, Leonard. He didn't and, go to Wake Forest. Sorry, let me go one more. Oh, okay. I play, I play safety. Son of a bitch. Okay, say it again. Went to Wake Forest, second-year player. Second-round pick. Yeah, second-round pick. And second-year player. You're right on both. Okay. I'm the only player in 2018 and 2019 to have 100-plus tackles and three-plus interceptions. Holy shit. And I played in the AFC. 
Okay. No more guesses or no more hints. Though. No more hints. Well, that's really tough. Uh, if you got a first name hint, that'd be kind of neat. Um, okay, so he's in the AFC. Wake Forest. Not drafted last year. Drafted the year. So he was in the same draft as Derwin James. Correct. Okay. Goes. He went to Wake Forest. He's had over a hundred tackles and three interceptions in each year. And he is a safety in the AFC. I'm just gonna keep repeating that as I think of every AFC team ever. There's doesn't 16 of them. <laughs> dirt to dirt. Uh, doesn't play for the Texans. Doesn't play for the Colts. Doesn't play for the Jaguars. Oh, my word. Titans, Chiefs, no. No one on the Chargers. The Raiders are a no. The Chiefs are no. Broncos, Simmons? No, not Simmons. No, okay. I didn't know where he went to school. Um, Okay, stay on the AFC. Trying to think of anyone in the East. For the Patriots, no. The Dolphins, no. Mink Fitzpatrick went to Alabama. The Jets, Adams went to LSU. Damn, bro, I don't know. This is this is tough. It is tough. I, I honestly don't think you'll get it. What division? AFC North. Damn it. The one division I hadn't gotten to yet. Okay, so does he play for the Browns? He no. does not. Does he play for the Ravens? No. Oh, my effing word. The Steelers is Fitzpatrick, so he's not there. Okay. Oh, my. I'm so fucking frustrated right now. And I don't know anyone on the Bengals. This is the other part. <laughs> I don't I, I don't mean, know. I mean, then you're set up for failure. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> please, please, <laughs> please. Jesse, Help. Jesse Bates for the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you know what? What? I don't think I've heard that name once <laughs> in the NFL. So that's my point. This dude's been fucking balling out for two years, and because he's in Cincinnati, nobody talks about him. So Why? let's say, so let's say this again. Drafted in the second round. Yep. From Wake Forest, he's had over a hundred tackles and three interceptions the last two seasons. He's in the same draft as Derwin James from Florida State, who was drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. He plays for the Bengals in the AFC North. Da da. And his name is Jesse Bates. His name is Jesse Bates, and he's the only player to have those stats. Not a single player in the NFL besides him has 100 plus tackles plus three t- or interceptions. Wow. Talk That's... about disrespect, right? Like so, like yeah. right. So like, however you and I disagree on the whole George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey thing, at least they're one and two in the in all pro status. Sorry, I'm getting yeah. to my point here. There, dude, Jesse Bates is just like getting ignored. 
uh, by a long shot. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous how good this guy is. And I don't want to be, like, the prisoner of stats when you can watch film and maybe, like, he does struggle in certain things. But, like, it's hard to ignore those numbers. I mean, very much so. That's why I'm confused on why I haven't seen or heard anything about him. How did you find that? Did you just go searching and just kind of caught yourself by surprise? or? So I wanted to see who had had uh, – I was going after uh, DBs that had over 100 tackles because I was looking up the whole Fitzpatrick versus Jamal Adams one that we did a few weeks ago or yeah. last week. And then I saw Jesse James, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so then I went, okay, let's go off of who's had – I was started out with five interceptions from safety and I'm like, nobody liked it, anybody. And then I saw three and I was like, that's interesting. He had over a hundred and three. And so then I went to linebackers to find, did any linebackers have that? And I was like, okay, here's uh, Leonard did last year mm-hmm. or two years ago now. Right. And so I'm like, and he didn't have it this year. So I looked and I'm like, dude, nobody else has had these stats. He's the only player. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Jesse Bates is talking football's player. <laughs> I'm going to just say it. Well, hey, we need to hit him up on social right now and be like, hey, we know this. Keep it up. Yeah. You're our, you're our boy. <laughs> because the Bengals, when they get Joe Burrow in there, and then that little receiving core that no one else is talking about with Joe Mixon – and an offensive line that's going to be coming back hopefully a little healthier next year. They already have a pretty solid defensive line, which we did praise several times this last season. Yep. Their issue was at linebacker and corners. Yep. Looks like they got the secondary set up with Jesse Bates. Yep. They draft linebackers and corners, which I'm not sure if you're aware, is pretty deep in the draft this year at the cornerback position. Pretty fucking deep. Pretty fucking deep, man. Uh, you might be saying, hey, look out, Jack. You thought the Ravens had it. Here are the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, Tiger Stripes are back. I the Tiger. <laughs> Love it. All right, there we go. That's this week. This week's episode of that, or this episode's version of that. Is that the wording that I was looking for? It is. Also, I love the, how much shit people gave you for last week's oh so bad (laughs) because you did such a good job of naming two-thirds of the league (laughs) and couldn't name the two quarterbacks i was looking for (laughs) hey man uh that comment really made my day though i do appreciate if i make someone laugh through my stupidity that brings me humor that doesn't bring me embarrassment so i'm just gonna keep on being dumb that's me i love it all right Let's just talk about some other news that happened around the league. One, Vernon Vernon Hargraves? There you go. Why why did I just struggle with that name? I don't know. Out of Florida. He wore number one. He was a stud at Florida. A little Uh undersized. A lot of people said that he was going to be better than Jalen Ramsey for a little bit. That was laughable. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, He ended up getting traded to Houston during the season. Or no, I'm sorry. He got released. Yep. Yep. Tampa Bay released. Fell him. on the waiver wire. Yep. And then what? Yep. And then today, two days ago, two days ago, they released him. The Texans did to save nine point five million dollars. 
Good decision because he's not worth basically $10 million. But he played pretty well for them once he signed with the Texans. I've watched yeah. them play multiple times. Uh, obviously, they played the Jags once and then just in the playoffs, watching that AFC South battle with them and the Titans, watching pretty closely. Uh, I could see him getting a deal probably worth about $7 million over three years or $21 million. Like three-year, $21 million deal. And there's a team that we literally just talked about that needs help at the corner position. Uh, I mean, this is pretty good corner. Yep. Needs to find a little bit harder of a work ethic from what it sounds like from, you know, inside reviews. But, I mean, you find that in Cincinnati, pretty set up, man. Yeah. Going to be sitting good. Yeah. Bengals and Eagles. Those are the two teams that came to mind. Man, so the speaking of the Eagles, I'm glad you brought that up. And I've been watching All or Nothing. Have you kind of been watching more of it? No, so I need to. Like, I'm still, I'm still only four episodes in. Uh, I was watching a whole bunch of movies this weekend instead. Uh, but this week I will get to it. Yeah, watching movies, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, All or Nothing. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there I made myself giggle. Uh, all or nothing. I forgot how beat up the Eagles got early in the season. I know I said this last season, but I didn't really specify where at. It was their offensive line. Like, their entire right side just went out. Like, it just it fell apart. Not a good look. Defense, secondary fell apart. There was the issues within the locker room, the leadership issues because of Orlando Skandrick. Who, by the way, when they re-showed his interview with uh, Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp, that, that dude looked freaking weird, man. <laughs> like, he's got that that blazer on with the turtleneck and those glasses, and he never turns his head. He just keeps looking forward, and he just looks side to side with his eyes. It's it's awkward, man. I probably I'd replayed that like two or three times trying to figure out what the fuck was wrong with him. Because it freaked me out. So if you haven't seen it yet, go back and look. Because Orlando Skandrick is a dude that runs his mouth. Two, doesn't really know what he's talking about. Three, sucks at man-to-man coverage. And four, glad he doesn't play for the Kansas City Chiefs anymore. See, i got to make that a full circle coming back to who I am and what I love. But back to the whole main point here with the Eagles. Dude, they're going to be deadly next year. If they get an offensive line and some receivers that can reliably catch the ball... With the way Carson Wentz played and Miles Sanders came onto the scene, look out, dude. I forgot how good they should have been last season. Yeah, they are going to be very deadly. They're going to win that division again. I'll, and, I'll just put it out there right now. I don't care what ooh, the Cowboys do this what? season. They're going to win that division again. Like, wow. Bow, bow, bow. So, I haven't done that in a while. You haven't done that in a little bit, but I just – because you're right, this team is so talented, and like they only need few things. And if they get Alshon Jeffrey out, like save some money on that contract and get a rook. I mean, speaking of draft class where th- positions that are loaded, wide receiver, they can get somebody very nice in the first round or in the second round. Yep. So, so um, I haven't gotten to the whole Scandrick thing yet, but I will. I'll get to it. Uh, let's talk. Let's stay in the NFC East here with the Redskins, who just started dropping people left and right this week. 
dropping Josh Norman and Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson, a key free agent signing in 2018 from the Seattle Seahawks. I think it was four, what was it? Five year, $40 million, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, I, I actually really wanted him to sign with the Jags. Um, crisis averted there, but, uh, and then obviously Norman, everybody knew that was coming. The dude was almost a healthy scratch, like three different times last season was garbage all year. So, I mean, though you can see both of those. And I mean, Rivera's just cleaning house. And the reports are that, uh, Jordan Reed is probably next. Who's due yeah. $10 million. And did you see the report today? Uh, like how they can still release them with being under concussion protocol and our injury uh, stuff like that. Is that what you're more, talking about? More that he's still in, uh, concussion protocol. He still hasn't passed. Dude, that was preseason week two when that happened. What? Yeah. Why this dude is even still trying to play, I don't know. That was eight months ago at this point. Bro, that is so bad. Yeah. So maybe he should get released and maybe he shouldn't play anymore. Maybe he Yeah, should- like I you can't even laugh at that. Like that's, that's not good at all. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I feel bad for him and I just, I hope that he, but then again, then you start to wonder, is it that whole health, uh, whatever the medical staff for their team? Like I know concussion protocol goes through the NFL, but is it, that medical staff that was causing issues, right? I know all of them just got fired, but was it that that was causing so many issues? I mean, it very possibly could have been. Like, I don't. They didn't seem like they handled any other injuries that took place for that team and organization well. So that's definitely a good question to have. Uh, a landing spot for Paul Richardson, though. Where, where's kind of a team where you think he he finds a home for? Uh. So I mean we kind of go back to the same teams, but I could see I could see uh, I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. If they don't want to spend pick 12 or 19 on a wide receiver and they want to you know solidify other positions, go pick him up on the cheap end. Then you got your speedster there. Uh, the Jets, if they move on from Robbie Anderson, which I don't know why you'd move on from Robbie Anderson, but then sign Paul Richardson, but. The Jets do weird shit like that all the time. <laughs> uh, what about the Eagles? We just talked about needing a wide receiver. Yeah. Given I'm, you, you also just said maybe ones that could stay healthy, and he clearly can't. So maybe that's not the right call. I'm trying to find his drops, and I guess that's just not a stat I can find as easily as I thought I could. But it looks like his his catch percentage this last year was 77 percent. Um, which I mean is okay, but shit, dude. The Eagles need help just all the way around. So I, I definitely wanted to be like, oh, just put Norman and Richardson both there, and like you're good to go. Just I think Norman's at a point where he's done. He's not really going to be trusted. He's more of a a scheme fit reliability, honestly, at this point in his career. So I don't know where he goes or where's a good spot for him. But Paul Richardson, that's just kind of one of those guys where. He's probably going to go to a team. He's going to have a couple catches. He's going to have a couple plays. 
and that might be all you see for the year. So that's just kind of where Paul Richardson probably is. Uh, another guy, though, that has possibly or potentially broken news of being released, that's Devontae Freeman from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this was a guy that a lot of us expected to have a breakout season last year. I was one of those when I drafted him pretty high up in my fantasy rounds going, hey, I just won. You guys don't know how big of a year he's going to have. I lost all my leagues. He didn't do shit. I thought him and Dalvin Cook were just going to tear it up. Dalvin Cook, yes. Devontae Freeman, worst decision I fucking made all year. In <laughs> regards to fantasy and fantasy decision-making. Yeah. So this one's tough, right? Because like he has this big loyalty to the Falcons, and the owner came out and was like, we love Devontae Freeman. like He's our guy. But he's like, but also, salary cap's not unlimited. That was the <laughs> quote from the owner, was also, salary cap is not unlimited. Which That's basically tough. says, hey, you're gone. Like, <laughs> we're, we're releasing you. Just so you know, it's not official, but you're going to be. Uh, one, I could see him re-signing on just a very smaller deal. I could see that. But I also could see him wanting to go somewhere that he doesn't have to be the workhorse, but he's going to get enough playing time and maybe go to a contender. He's probably going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, just throwing that out there. Or the Houston Texans. Houston Texans would be a very good fit. Yep. Yeah. I actually really like that. I like the Texans one. Nice. nice. What about the Chargers? If they can't, if they can't get Gordon or Eckler back, I think they're bringing they both of them back. I think, think they, they bring both back. Yeah. No way. One has to be gone. I mean, Gordon's not going to get paid as much as he he wants, and Eckler's definitely not going to get paid as much as he wants. Yeah. So they both realize, like, hey, we're honestly just kind of no one getting hurt away from being pretty damn good let's just try and stay healthy yeah maybe that's that's a very much a long reach but i mean when you think eckler where's eckler gonna go he's not gonna go be the lead back anywhere no i mean i think he would choose somewhere that has a creative offensive scheme that can get him into a position i don't know maybe somewhere like the rams or the New England Patriots. Or the New England Patriots that have shown that they dominate with these type of running backs. Yup. Damn it. God, they're going to get another person that we like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they a just freaking no-namer <laughs> that makes a name for themselves in the freaking playoffs. <laughs> yup. Oh, that would, that would be painful, though, for sure. That would uh, be. I'm just trying to think of, like, who else could be – in that spot. The Lions? The Lions could be, yes. Yes, very much. Yep, that's about it. Yep. Yeah. So. Speak. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You first. Uh, Nothing. I really, I, I was kind of just going to talk, but we can get into the next thing. Uh, Darius Slay. The cornerback for the Lions. 
there's all sorts of reports coming out today and yesterday of him possibly getting traded. Multiple teams have been in discussion. What is he worth? All of that. Where it's like, if you know if you're trading for him, you have to sign him to a big deal. Reports are that he wants around 15 to $16 million per season, which you and I were talking about, like, who's going to be the highest paid corner next year? You said Slay. And then I said, I think Ramsey gets a deal, probably worth in that 19 to $20 million range. I mean, if Slay is looking for 15 to 16, Ramsey will get that 19 million, first off. But second, who who do you what do you think the value is for Slay? If somebody was going to trade for him, what do you think they'd have to give up? A second rounder this year and probably a fifth rounder next year. Yeah, so we're we're basically the same. I was thinking like a third rounder plus a player. So basically the same thing, right? If you're saying second, then a fifth the following year or something like that. So we're thinking the same. I saw one report that the Eagles were talking about a third rounder plus Sidney Jones, the cornerback that uh, from Washington towards ACL um, early in his career and kind of has never been the gotten to his full potential, but I still think is a very good player and in the right scheme, could do very well. And then you start thinking, okay, so then they have Sidney Jones, they have uh, Justin Coleman, who had a very good year, and then if they draft Jeff Akuda at three, that's a pretty good trio for the Lions. Yeah, and that puts the Eagles in a good spot with Jenkins, Slay, Maddox. Who else am I missing? Those are their three big guys. Uh, no, Who's the the kid with green hair? Mills? Yeah, Mills. Yeah, Okay. from LSU. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, because then you get that, and especially if it's only a third-round pick, then you still got your first and second-round pick. You can pr- honestly probably still go wide receiver cornerback in the first two rounds. Yeah. I mean, that's a win-win for both, in my opinion. I mean, they might, they would probably have to go receiver defensive line, right? I mean, Graham's getting older. He is. Defensive line's kind of, I mean. Fletcher Cox is getting older. Yeah. I mean, he's still good, but, he, he, you know, he's starting to get up there. So, yeah, you're probably right. But by doing that, by getting Slay, you basically solidify that you can, don't have to worry about cornerback in round one. You can really go with that wide receiver with pick. Yep. Whatever they are, seven. What what are, what pick are they? Twenty one. They're pick twenty one. They're right after the Jags. So, yeah, I mean, I would like that for them, for both teams. And I and I think a lot of Lions fans are probably gonna be like, he's worth way more than that. But I don't know if he is at this age. Only one more year on his contract. He's been very vocal about how he could play elsewhere. Like there might be a lot of teams that are like, hey, we'll just we can just wait one more year if you're willing to risk losing him yeah i mean shit huh i am trying to think here the eagles they do pick a 21 they got their first second third fourth and two fifths yeah so they they got the ammunition to trade for him if they wanted to no way cd lamb falls to 21 right no i mean i can't say no way i don't think so i really i don't think that cd lamb Judy or Ruggs will be there at 21. I think those three are gone. I mean, I think you're talking Justin Jefferson there. You're talking uh, Chenault there. You're talking T. Higgins there. 
right? Like it's like those three guys. Um, that Brandon Anuk kid from yeah. Arizona State. Yeah, the kid that sadly we didn't get to see at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, they're they're going to have options, is what we're getting at. Is they're going to have plenty. Like they get to just choose what style of wide receiver do they want. Because we just named four guys, and all of them are different. Very much so. Very much so. So combines in a week. And we don't have this on the rundown, but I'm just talking here. So, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, he's going to possibly break the record, right? This dude is freaky fast, like Jimmy Jones style, right? So, if he runs, even even if he doesn't break the record, but he runs very low 4-3s, high 4-2s, how high do you think he gets drafted? I mean, someone's going to do something. I can't say stupid because he's shown the productivity. Yeah. But, like, John Ross being drafted at nine by the Bengals, right? Like. Absolutely. That's kind of my point, right? John Ross, though, had this injury history already. Yeah. Ruggs does not. And Ruggs is just, like, this freak athlete. And I think Ross was just, I'm very fast running in a straight line. Yep. Boy, oh, boy. Um, I'd lock for a top 15 pick at that point. Especially if you're on the 4-2. I mean, I'm just trying to think what team's going to make the move to go get him. Like, what team is going to go, all right, no, we're not going to go offensive lineman. We're not going to go edge. We're not going to go linebacker. We're going to go speedy receiver and ignore this, you know, major need on our team. Because, I mean, that's kind of what the Bengals did, right? Like, they're like, nah, not offensive lineman. Nah, not defense. We're just going to go speed. And he's hurt. Like, I mean, he hurt himself running the 40. Yeah. That's that's just a tough spot to say. I would say top 15, though, would be nice. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone were to trade up and grab him. Yeah, I agree. And, and why I say top 15 is because Broncos are at 15. And I think that's just like a perfect fit. That makes sense. They're like, seeing Tyree Kill in Kansas City. And they have Sutton on the other side that's the bigger body dude. Like, And then you have Fant in the middle now. Wow. You got your running backs. I just think it's a great fit. That would be nice for them. And he would fly with Drew Locke. Yeah, exactly, right? Because then all – yeah, that's the other point. Now you got this gunslinger that can throw it a mile. So, yeah, I like that. That would be fun for the Broncos. That would be fun for the Broncos right there. It very much would be. I'm just trying to think of like who else need like who else needs wide receivers that badly. Because like we could talk about like the Bills, but they don't need the smaller guy. They need the bigger bodied guy. Yeah. So like they they'd be more of that T Higgins. C D. Yeah, obviously C D Lamb. You know, like that that area. God, the Patriots could use them <laughs> <laughs> no they're all right they're fine the saints they're, the saints for sure um so the saints have already shown that they're willing to like sell out for for one last run right so they did that two years ago with davenport at defensive end yeah what if they moved up from 24 to 14 and gave up next year's first rounder what do the Dolphins have? They have number th- five, number 18, and number 27. 
or no, sorry, 26, sorry. Somewhere in that area. I don't think they'd make the move. The Colts? No, the Colts are not. I mean, mean, hell, the Raiders could. The Raiders could. They have... They have two picks, one at 19 and one at 12. Yeah, there's options. I I think there's enough teams later in the rounds that could be interested in trading for them. What about the Packers? Shit. That's who the Packers need. You think they really think they need speed that bad? I think they do. I think that Aaron Rodgers still can bomb that. Their defense was fine. Shit, they went 13 and 3. Yeah. Like, I know they're in the NFC Championship game, but the way they ended their year, it just feels like a quiet 13 and 3 to me. I don't know why. Because it was. Like, everybody was like, they're not as good as what their record shows. And, I mean, people are going to remember them getting their ass kicked in the NFC Championship game. And maybe maybe the middle of that defense is just soft. Like, it, it sure seemed like it. Uh, so they might have to, like, toughen up in that area. But they also just need another weapon. Plenty of options. Plenty of options there. This is so much fun to do. <laughs> it's like, this is... It. This is just so much fun, like, just rolling through. Like, you can go here, here, or here, and this is why for everyone. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Before we move on to one other – so we're going to move on to something, and then I got something else to talk about, though. DJ Humphreys signed with the Cardinals today, a three-year, $45 million deal. I think that's huge. One, to obviously protect your former number one overall pick in Kyler Murray – but two is he would have been gone in free agency. I think he would have got a bigger deal than this in free agency. With all of the teams that need offensive line help, I think that they would. But I think it's great, and it shows how good uh, maybe the culture is for Arizona and how excited some players may be to stick around there. They may have been like, hey, we saw something this year. Like, we didn't— we didn't get everything we wanted, but we were close, and it was just because we were young, and that's why we didn't get this done. I mean, exactly, and signing a guy like that left tackle along your offensive line, which has been dealing with injuries the last two years, and they've just been beat up. So you solidify a spot that can stay healthy. You find that anchor in that offensive line, and you build from there. You have your receivers. I mean, you have Christian Kirk. You have Larry Fitzgerald. You could find a tight end. And then just continue to build on your defense, and you might have something there that I don't think is going to make any noise anytime soon in the NFC West, but it can shake things up on the way how the year ends ranking-wise for the entire NFC. Similar to what we saw this last year with the Seahawks and the 49ers going all the way down to the wire on who's getting the one seed and the fifth seed, really. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy you just brought up, hey, maybe not this next year for them, because that goes into my next segment, which is not on the rundown, but I'm just going to surprise you on it here. So I'm going to ask you this question probably four times over the offseason, because I just want to see how it changes. But we're going to start off before free agency starts here. So every single year, there's one, sometimes two teams that go from worst to first. 
It happens. Every single year, there's at least one team. This year, Niners, right? They went from worst in their division to first in their division, obviously going all the way to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to name off these teams, and I want you to tell me who you think at this point could be that team. And again, I understand, like, there's still free agency. There's still the draft. I want to just see your thought process here. Okay. So, one, the Bengals. Two, the Jaguars. Three, the Chargers. Four, the Dolphins. Five, the Lions. Six, the Panthers. Seven, the Cardinals. And eight, the Redskins. Which team has the potential to go from worst to first? In their division. Strictly just looking at it, the Jaguars. I think the Bengals can go from worst to maybe second. I think overcoming the Ravens is going to be tough. Uh, the Jets, you're not getting past the the Patriots. You're Dolphins. not getting past the Bills. Um, who else did you mention here for me? Lions. The, Card- the Lions? No. You're, I mean, your offensive line isn't anything. You're losing your defense. Even if you draft Akuda, I don't think that gives you enough to keep rolling. Uh, you said the Panthers? Yep. The Panthers have a shot. They're one of the first teams I thought of. Um, but, man, it's going to be tough with the Buccaneers, too, because if James Winston can get shit figured out, that's going to be deadly. You already have the Saints there. And yep. the, who's the other team? I feel like I Falcons. always miss a fourth team in every division that I just overlook. The Falcons, Falcons have a real shot if they can stay healthy. Yep. And the Chargers, I mean, that's just sad on how they're picking right here where they are. Five and 11. Philip Rivers is gone. Who are you drafting here? I was thinking today, quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. What if Bridgewater goes there? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big rumor, right? Bridgewater there and Cam Newton there. Like, those are two big rumors going around the, the I don't think right Cam now. Newton finds his way there. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of last year we were really talk. I felt like we were the first ones really talking about how he might be gone in Carolina. Yeah. But now I'm actually on the exact opposite that I think he's staying. I think I mean I think he should like I think that's what's best for him. Yeah, me too. Stay, come back. Your your shoulders healing up. Your ankles healing up. Just spend this entire off season rehabbing. It's gonna suck. New head but coach. You know it's gonna feel good when you come out and you just light everybody up. Yep. By like, throwing the ball, you got a new offense, you got a new team, one of the best running backs, your receivers are poised, they're experienced, you find a new tight end, just roll from there, man. Just come in and start just tearing it up. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's gone through the growing pains of his two wide receivers, years one and two. Like, they're mm-hmm. now vets. Um. Okay, so... I kind of feel the same. Uh, I actually, it's weird. I actually kind of thought the Lions, though. Really? Which is weird, because last offseason, I was the one, like, you guys are all fucking crazy. <laughs> like, all these people coming yeah. me saying they were going to win 10-6. and You're like, dude, maybe they are better. And I was like, dude, they're they're trash. Like, they're not good. But then, like, now that I'm thinking about it, looking, I mean, they were a very good team with Stafford. Like, it all went to shit when Stafford went down. You get Jeff Akuda. Like, you sign a free agent or two. I could see it. I could see this team also going out and spending and stuff. 
knowing that the GM and head coach are fired if they don't make the playoffs and just have no, like, don't even give a shit about salary cap, whatever. Like, we're selling the farm to make sure that we're good this year. So if that's the case, do you go pick up Todd Gurley? Do you trade Slay for draft picks? I could see trading Slay for draft picks if you felt like it could help you get depth at the at your with you're like okay Akuda is gonna fill in that void, but now we also get depth. Uh, I would not trade for Gurley because I mean you already have an injury prone running back in Carryon Johnson. Don't know why you want another one. Well, if he can uh, stay healthy, I mean, that changes the whole landscape of your offense. It sure does. You're you're actually right. I kind of don't hate the idea now that we're talking through this. Because, I mean, I felt like they really just monitored him. They monitored him all last year thinking, hey, we'll be fine. Goff can carry the team up until you're ready. And it was like, shit, we're too late. Goff isn't doing anything. Yep. Are you ready? And he's like, you've been babying me this entire season and now you want me to go full force. Like it just ain't going to work. Yep. I don't know what the trade package is going to be for him, but if you're selling the farm, you go get him, you draft a receiver as well. And then you go pay for another one on whoever that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, would it be like, it, it wouldn't be that crazy though. Right. Cause like they clearly want to get out of that contract. You could see it being like a Gurley and Carrion Johnson swap with a, a couple draft picks on each side. What do the Lions have pick-wise? Let me look here before I just keep rolling with this. And this is, I mean, this is some crazy off-the-wall shit to even be talking it about. It really is. Trying to go to some freaking Lions page here and see if I can get the picks quickly. Well, while you're doing this, I'll just start talking. So, yes, it's off the wall. They, they're they going to need another receiver because they're probably going to get rid of Jones. Mm. Uh, Galladay is awesome. Do you have it? Yeah, so they have pick three. You're going to keep Obviously. that. Yes. Okay. So, here, so this is for Gurley. So you keep three, you package your second rounder, which is pick 35, and pick four, which is 106. Okay. And you send them over there with on Johnson. I think that's way too expensive. Really? I legit think it would cost a fourth round pick and on Johnson to get Todd What? Gurley. Dude, they want out of that contract, dude. Like, it's not it's not off of talent. It's off of knowing you're on the hook for like fifteen million dollars for this dude if you don't trade him. So I mean, if you get away with getting rid of a fourth rounder and you still get your first, second, and third with Gurley, yeah. So and you, you go and you, you go Jeff Akuda three. Yep, and then you have another third rounder if you trade Slay. Say to the Eagles, so you have a yeah. first, second, and two thirds. Bro, they better do that. Uh, and, and that maybe I'm out of maybe I'm out of line, but I just I just feel like they have like Rams have to open up cap space to start signing people. So 
maybe it's a th- let's split the difference. I say fourth, you say second. It's a third rounder. Okay. Let's just say third rounder. But then they trade Slay still for a third round pick, so they just get that right back, right? So they still have one, two, and three. Okay. Okay. So they yes, a coup. So then, but then here's let's just let's keep getting more crazy. What if the Dolphins offer pick five and twenty seven ish, whatever right. their sorry, I can't remember what their third one is. 27. I know. Okay, twenty seven. Five and twenty seven to move up to three. So now you have picks five and twenty seven, and then a second and a third rounder. You can probably can we... still get, you can probably still get Jeff Akuda at five. Yeah. Because I don't think that—I mean, you know that the Giants are not taking a cornerback at four. They're just no. not. It was a surprise when they took Eli—not Eli Apple, uh, the Georgia kid last yep. year. Yep. I can't so, think of his name. Baker. But Baker. Yes. So, let's just say that. Okay, so now you're picking five. You still get him. So, you still get Akuda at five. Now you get 27. They need a linebacker. Let's say Patrick Queen falls to 27, which I think is realistic. Very possible. Or Kenneth Murray, right? One of those two, like whoever's not the second. Like fall. two, two of those corner, two of those linebackers will be picked earlier, but one of them is going to fall. Let's just say it's one of those two. We'll say Patrick Queen because I think that's more realistic. And then second round, they take a wide receiver because they lose Jones. So let's say they take Peoples-Jones, right? The Michigan wide receiver. Okay. He he stays at home. Then you have a third-round pick, and you take – just trying to think of what other needs that they may have here. Bradley and Nay. Oh, they take Bradley and Nay. Oh, that would be so dope. No, that's fine. So that would be so dope. Okay, so now you have have (laughs) Akuda, you have Patrick Queen. So your defense is now just – beefy you get a young freak athlete wide receiver that probably is a lot better than just what his production had because he had shea patterson shea patterson is throws a fucking fade route off the damn wall in a god in a fucking practice facility a fade route he throws it 17 yards over the receiver and hits a wall yes and then Third round, Bradley and I to go on opposite of Flowers, who you paid a whole bunch of money for last year. And we've been saying this. I've been saying this. Bradley and I is cannot be the guy on a defensive line in the NFL. But you want to know what? If he's on the opposite side of the guy, like he is going to wreak havoc. So just like that, you have that. Plus, you get Todd Gurley in your lineup. So you're holy shit. It. Hey, Bob Quinn, if you want to call us up a little bit and talk strategy, like, we're available. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, talking underscore football. We're here for you. Uh, all Lions fans, you're welcome. We just made it so you won this division. So let's let's break this down one more time, just so we can, we can fucking put this out there. Break it down. Okay. So we trade a third rounder and carry on Johnson for Todd Gurley. You okay. trade Slay for Sidney Jones and a third rounder. So you get your third rounder back. Then in the draft, you trade pick three for five and 27. 
Then at five, you pick Jeff Akuda. At 27, you take Patrick Queen. Your second round pick, I'm sorry, I can't remember the number. You said 43? Something like that. Uh, in the third rounder? Second rounder. Sorry. Uh, 36. Sorry, 36. 36, we said you take um, Peoples Jones or a wide receiver that falls, right? Like whoever that whoever that is. We're just saying Peoples Jones. Um, and then third rounder, you take Bradley and Nye. So your defense got three, four starters, four starters. You got yep. Sidney Jones. You got Jeff Akuda, so two, two new cornerbacks. Uh, you get a linebacker opposite of Jared Davis and Patrick Queen. And then you got somebody opposite of uh, Flowers in Bradley and I. Offensively, you now have Todd Gurley running the ball, keeping pressure off of Matthew Stafford and his back. And then you have two freak athletes at wide receiver in already Galladay, who you already had. And then you have Peoples Jones or whatever wide receiver it is. Plus you have TJ Hawkinson, who everybody knows year two and three is when tight ends break out. Like, let's not forget how good fucking TJ Hawkinson is. Like, people are acting like he's like a bust just because he didn't have the numbers. He played very well last year before he got hurt. There it is, Lions. We just fixed it for you. Holy shit. We just fixed them. You trade a third, you get a third. You trade back in the draft. You still get the guy you were looking for at three. Then you take a another linebacker. You take a receiver. And then you take a defensive edge player. And then you're rolling on your offense. You got four starters. You get a new profound receiver with a running back that you haven't had in, I think, ever outside of Barry Sanders. That you haven't had since Barry Sanders. And now you get a healthy Matthew Stafford back who is still rehabbing his back, a broken back, might I just reassure and reaffirm. But, hey, that's it if you're the Lions. Then that whole 10-6 prediction you had last year starting to make a little bit more sense now. And the momentum of what that franchise was with Quinn and Patricia is kind of starting to turn a little bit to more positivity instead of a what the hell are we doing. Lions, you're fixed, baby, and you're welcome. We didn't even plan on doing this, but here we are, and you're welcome. You are welcome, everybody. We're going to do this more. I mean, given we're already going to talk about free agencies for every team starting next episode. Actually, for the until free agency starts, we are going to talk about one division per team all the way up to free agency start. So your team will get talked about in the next few weeks. We look forward to solving all of their problems, just like how we did with the Lions. I mean, we might have to do the Lions again later on, but, hey, we'll see how it goes. But, again, everybody, we know it's the off season. We appreciate you guys tuning in. It's only getting started. Free agency's a blast. Combine's in literally a, just under a week. It starts. It's going to be awesome. And then, all of a sudden, it's draft season, and everybody goes nuts for draft season including us we're very excited we talked about it for 20 minutes before the podcast even started we love each and every one of you thank you again and tonight we've been talking football